It was nearly evening when the king's guard noticed a driverless carriage moving towards the gates of the royal city. Mounting his own horse, he hurried after the runaway carriage, climbing aboard once he'd gotten alongside of it, and stopping the carriage once he had taken control of the reins. How had a driverless carriage made it this far? Where was it from? And what was its cargo? Whatever it was, it was swarming with flies and smelled of rancid decay. When he checked the cargo the carriage held, he found several decapitated hens, some of the men he recognized. In horror, he rode quickly back to the gates of the city to inform the king. I need to see the king. The king is with this small council. Is it urgent? I'm sorry. Am I not yelling loudly enough? I need to see the bloody king. The small council meeting, which included General Lears and a few other high-ranking officials, was interrupted and the king was summoned quickly to hear what was amiss. The general followed closely behind him. Your majesty, please forgive this interruption. The king's time is valuable, guard. Get on with it. Easy, General. What is it, young man? Your Grace, a runaway carriage arrived at the city gates a few moments ago. It carried twenty decapitated heads in it. I recognized several of them as our men, sire. What do you mean, our men? Speak, you fool, or I'll run you through. And accomplish what, exactly, General? Seethe your weapon, and let us go and see about this. Yes, of course. Forgive me, Your Grace. The king and his men made way towards the carriage. There were already others gathering around it, holding their noses as they both smelled and saw what it carried. A few of them vomited, while others seemed to be unfazed. The king's expression grew sorrowful when he recognized the head of Captain Kronos. It's the garrison you left behind to keep an eye on Boro Kane, General. I recognize Captain Kronos. Forgive me, Your Grace. I should never have... There will be time for apologies later, General. Right now, I need to know who is responsible for this. Could Kane himself done this? Boro Kane is currently an Onyx Dragon, General. I doubt he would need an executioner's blade to do his dirty work. There's a note in the mouth of Captain Kronos, Your Grace. Shall I extract it? I'm certain the Captain would be appreciative if you did. The guard removed the note unfolded it, and began reading. What does it say? Just one word, Highness. Surrender. Who could have done this, Your Grace? The kingdom has many enemies, General. But this one seems to have interest in Boro Cain. Particular interest in keeping Cain alive. Of course. We were scouting him just before I brought back most of our detachment. But who would be foolish enough to kill 20 of the king's own guard? This is an act of war that accomplishes nothing, Your Grace. The dragon has no loyalties to anyone other than itself. One cannot curry favor with a beast such as that, can they? Perhaps it is a cult of some sort. Many people have been known to worship things with great devotion that others would consider ridiculous, General. And if they were able to do this to 20 of our men... Then, foolish or not, they have my attention. Meanwhile, Angelica arrived at the encampment where the Order had just murdered the very men King Peros was mourning. She was flanked by Dominic Peros, who, by all appearances, was every bit the lackey the Tarragon had hoped he would be. 
The tarragon smiled as she saw the two of them approaching as she sipped from a goblet filled with nicely aged dessert wine. She dismissed the minion that had brought it to her with a flick of her wrist before striding forward to look her sister in the eye. The tarragon knew that the potion had failed, that much the alchemist had assured her. She also knew that her own potion, the one the alchemist had given her, that was at their headquarters in Jasonore, would work perfectly. It was simply a matter of making Dominic consume it. Once that had happened, he would be hers, not her sister's, to control. She needed to kill her sister before they returned to their home base. Perhaps now, while most of their number was around them to witness it, would be the most opportune time. Her sword hand drifted nonchalantly to her scabbard as she greeted her sister with a firm forearm-to-forearm -forearm grip. Greetings, sister. Whom have we here? Allow me to introduce to some and present to others Mr. Dominic Peros, our new dragon rider. There were cheers and applause from amongst those surrounding them, as well as a few sighs of relief. It was well known within the order that both the Tarragon and Angelica had rolled the proverbial dice with unleashing Cain with no way to control him. The relief on the faces of the devoted was quite obvious. The tarragon eyed Dominic suspiciously, but did what she could to shield her feelings behind sips from her wine goblet. So, Mr. Peros, finally in the fold, I see. Tell me, what was it that my sister said to you that convinced you to join us? It's funny you should ask, Agena. I am Agena to my friends, Mr. Peros. And so that we understand one another, you have not yet earned my friendship. Sister, is that any way to speak to our new dragon rider? Yes, actually, if I want him to understand his place, a lesson you have yet to retain, Angelica. Mr. Peros, do you understand that we are not friends? Do you understand that I am your queen? Sister! It's all right, Angelica. We expected as much, did we not? Ah, uh, yes, we did indeed. You expected what, exactly? That I would state that which should be obvious? That I am your queen. And when Boro Kane is destroying people under my command, that I will be your goddess? Is that what you expected? <laughs> it was all Dominic could do not to completely laugh out loud. The tarragon was greatly disturbed by this. She consumed the last of her wine, tossed her goblet aside angrily, and drew her sword. I'm sorry, is something amusing? <laughs> Actually, it is. And Angelica, do you want to tell her, or should I? Please, may I tell her? I swear, sister, I will end you if you do not answer this treachery. Tell me what. Angelica spoke no words in response. She merely revealed a vial she had been holding in her hand. A vial that looked extremely familiar to the tarragon. A vial that was also extremely empty. Do you recognize this vial, sister? No, I do not. Oh, that's funny. We found it amongst your things at the headquarters in J. Sonore. Before we came here, it looks a lot like the potion that the alchemist made for me, the one that had no effect on Dominic. Are you sure you don't remember it? No, I... I do not. 
Why would I know anything about an empty potion vial? Well, you actually know more than you realize, at least as far as its taste goes. Angelica's eyes drifted to the now empty goblet of wine that her sister had tossed aside. Slowly, the tarragon realized that somehow she had consumed the potion meant for Dominic, and with that consumption, she was open to any command that was given to her by the person who had slipped her the potion. She gripped her sword tighter and held it towards Angelica. I will gut you, whore. How could you have? It's not possible that... There was no time for you to slip me the... How did you do it? <laughs> you should ask your wine steward. The tarragon turned as her wine steward stepped forward, removing his turban and serving robes. When he revealed his face, the tarragon recognized the man she thought she had sent to his death. The Dark Rider. You look as though you've seen a ghost, my queen. You? You should be dead. And I would be, had I listened to you. When I left here with the decapitated heads, I decided to... Oh, spare me your idiotic babble, fool. I don't care how you pulled off your villainous coup. I care that you will die here. Now. And who will kill me, my queen? You? How could you do that when I command you to be my slave? Instantly, the tarragon's eyes flickered and the magic of the potion she'd consumed went into effect. From this moment forward, she would be subject to the whims of the Dark Rider. He smiled as she bent the knee and bowed lowly before him. Shall I kill her, Angelica? No, my friend. I cannot have her blood on your hands. She is actually older than the combined ages of our entire group. And the person who kills the Tarragon will have to answer to the gods themselves. The burden should not fall on you, my friend. Will you kill her then? My own sister? No. She will kill herself once you tell her to. Upon hearing this... The tarragon fell backwards and began begging for mercy. What? I, I did all these things. Just, oh, oh, please, just please. Why? Sister, no. Take your weapon and run yourself through, my queen. Slowly, the tarragon took her weapon, oh. held it out at arm's length, and then violently stabbed herself through the stomach. Her eyes went wide and then slowly closed before she fell over on her side and died. Black smoke began seeping out of her pores. Before long, all that remained of her was ancient bones in a small pile of gray dust. How old was she, exactly? Older than you will ever hope to be, my friend. <laughs> yeah! Quicker than a blink, Angelica drew her blade and struck the dark rider across his throat, separating his head from his shoulders. His body collapsed to the ground, followed closely by his head, which rolled down the hill they were standing on, a fair distance from where he'd been struck. Dominic looked at Angelica. Ouch. Remind me not to get on your bad side. I did him a favor. And do you really need reminding after this? Uh, that'd be no. Well, why'd you kill him anyway? He did everything you asked him to do. Yes, including betraying his queen. He could not be trusted. He had to die. 
What's our next move? I have a kingdom to quell. Are we ready to move on Barrow Cane? Dominic, patience. I have lost a sister and a lifelong friend today. I must mourn them properly, and then we can move on to new business. And with that, Angelica walked away to be alone with her thoughts. Dominic could only smile and shake his head. Don't ever turn your back on that one, he mused to himself. Meanwhile, the standoff at the Tower of the White Robes continued. When we last were there, Cravex held a blade to the throat of the provost, having just learned that the provost lied to his daughter about him. We also learned that Lysa and Cravex appeared to have had a relationship, one her father, the provost, did not approve of. Magus Calloway then cast a spell that, if fully realized, would essentially lobotomize its victim, removing all memories of their lives up to this point in the timeline. Before all this came about, Jenna Kiss was sentenced to die, while Thamra was sentenced to return to the arena at Finn, where, for all intents and purposes, he would also die. We shift our story to the Tower of the White Robes to see what new developments have come about, if any. Calloway, I swear to the gods that I will end you if you do anything to my daughter. Turn off your spell at once. This should never have gone to trial, Oliver. We have a necromancer and a murderer in our ranks. Either we kill them or your daughter gets lobotomized. I'll do the same to you when I'm done with her if I need to. In fact, I may just kill them all myself. This is getting way out of hand, my friends. Let's all stand down. Quicker than a human eye can blink, Thamro's sword, convergence of its own accord, leapt from Thamro's palm and sliced Magus Calloway's casting hand off cleanly at the wrist. His spell fizzled out as he held his arm, wailing. Convergence returned gently to Thamro's hand and came to rest. Lysa sighed in relief, but Cravex continued holding the provost by the throat. That's a nice trick, kid. I'm not exactly sure how I did it. Look what he did to my hand. Kill him. I would sooner pin a medal on him. Thank you, Thamro. Oh, so what? We're all buddies now? You don't think the kid should die in the arena back in Finn now. Funny how your little world works, Oliver. My friends call me Oliver, and my associates call me the Provost. You are neither. Unhand me, Cravex. Leslie, please, let my father go. Pretty much everyone in the room stopped and turned when they heard Lysa call him Leslie. Well, that's his real name, yes. He never told you that? Cravex is just his warrior name. One cannot expect men to follow you into battle if your name is Leslie. Well, a girl could, yes, but I would have a hard time following- Liza, they get it. And yes, kid, my name is Leslie of House Sunflower. And I will remove your tongue via your bunghole if I ever hear Leslie Sunflower come out of your mouth. Can I at least call you Les? No. Cravex, my father. Please, release him. I need a few assurances first. There is a reason I came here. 
This thing with Borocane is bigger than any of us could have imagined. You have our undivided, Mr. Cravex. Please, speak. Cravex slowly released the provost and sheathed his weapon. The provost retrieved his crystal sphere and cast a quick spell to cauterize the wounds sustained by Magus Calloway, who had passed out from shock. He then, as promised, gave his ear to Cravex. When I left earlier, it was after we saw the Provost's carriage heading towards the Mage's Guild. Obviously, I felt a family reunion might not end so well. I rode around and came across a group that looked like a fin detachment. Kane was trying to create a lair in the mountains, and his group seemed to be scouting him out. Probably looking for a way to kill him. Anyway, I watched for a bit to see if they'd leave. Last thing I needed was to be spotted and recaptured. While I was waiting, another group attacked the detachment from the royal city. I'd heard whispers of a dragon cult, but had never seen any hard evidence until now. The Order of the Dragon? You know of them. Rumors, mostly. My master had some writings on them. I thought they were a legend. I mean, before now, dragons haven't been seen for centuries. Why would a group dedicate their lives to worshipping something they would never get to see? People do it all the time, kiddo. It's called faith, and it seems their faith was actualized, at least in theory. Are you saying that this cult, this Order of the Dragon, that they are behind this? Turning into a dragon isn't something Cain willingly did to himself. Don't know, mage. Don't care much, truth be told. I do know that they appear to have an agenda that involves keeping that dragon alive, but for very different reasons than Jenna has. I'd bet coin that they have an endgame that involves controlling Kane in his dragon form. Probably involves using him to rule Welkin. Heck, that's what I would do if I could control a dragon. What do you suggest we do? I suggest we put this, whatever this gigantic waste of time was that uh, you're all doing when I showed up, behind us and focus our efforts on stopping the cult. The best way I can think of to do that is what Jen has been saying all along. Somehow, some way, we reverse what was done to Kane. But there wasn't anything in Magus Lucian's quarters that would tell us how to reverse it. Just a worthless grocery list. Right, Provost? A grocery list? You mean a list of herbs and plants? Yes, exactly like that. Lysa stared daggers at her father, who could not make eye contact with her. Something I am sure my father told you was useless. There is a chance that those ingredients will create a potion that will do the very thing we need. Even if those ingredients could be acquired, you would need an alchemist to properly prepare them. It's a long shot but I might know of a man who could do it. He lives in Ubris, and he owes me a favor. One of the ingredients was a dragon scale. Apart from the ones in the royal city, where would you hope to get one? From Cain's own hide? There is one in my master's shrine. It is a four-day journey from here, but we could do it in three if we have fresh horses and a steady pace. You would be willing to show us the way to borrow Cain's shrine? To betray your master in this way. If it means saving his life, then yes. Then it's settled. Kid, you and Jenna will travel with this old mage and Oliver here to Kane's shrine. Listen, I will travel to Ubris to talk to my contact. When you have the scale, send a raven to Ubris and tell us where to meet you. We'll craft the potion and then go after Kane. I will admit, I do not like this. Magus Lucian was a dear friend of mine. I'm not comfortable working alongside his murderer even if he does not remember doing the deed. Then I suggest you get comfortable with it, Magus. 
You might like me a little better if you're not dragon food when this is all said and done. <sighs> this is a point I cannot argue with. And with that, Thamro, Jenna, the Provost, and Magus Thorn headed for Borokane's shrine. While they did that, Cravex and Lysa headed to Ubris to see the alchemist. Meanwhile, in the royal city, King Peros began making preparations for war with an enemy that he could only speculate about. And while all of that was going on, the Order of the Dragon made arrangements to go after Borokane to tame him with their newly minted dragon rider. <laughs> 